Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Monday Movie Talk Movie Podcast, where we talk about the movies uh, that came out on streaming or in the theater uh, this past weekend. We're now at the beginning of October, y'all. Movies are starting to come out now. A lot of the bigger ones that have been delayed for a while are coming out, all starting this weekend. Uh, but first, we, I want to bring up, again, we talked about What If. There's one more episode left uh, of What If that's coming. But this past episode happened, and I feel like in terms of a tonal shift between this episode and the one we previously talked about with Thor, uh, this whole episode about Ultron, it's a different tone entirely. And I'd like to know, EX-13, your thoughts about this episode, because I think this was probably... Like, we were talking about, like, Thor was, like, one of the worst ones. I think this was one of the best ones uh, that we've gotten so far. It was kind of crazy, kind of insane, um, and they kind of went all the way with it. So what do you think about this uh, Ultron episode? I, I thought it was pretty good. I, I do think that it maybe isn't as good as as others um i felt more like the other ones were more of like a a personal story or like you know they felt kind of closer to the chest i guess in a sense and more um variations of what we've already seen kind of in the comics Mm -hmm. uh where this like completely took a different spin than what we've actually ever seen before this is completely like what if doing its own thing entirely instead of just doing like a small uh deviation from the existing content but uh yeah i I did think it was good though it was definitely better than the last episode i i think it's do it's interesting that it's setting up like its own story like i kind of said like it's it's built up at the very end to this moment and uh like I've said multiple times before, I really like it when the Witcher or when the the Witcher when the Watcher gets involved. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to see that there's like they're diving into what the Watcher is about a little bit more than him just being the narrator. Uh, so that's really cool. And uh, yeah, just the that whole aspect of it is great, and I like where it's set up for where it's going. But the the episode overall seemed kind of forgettable outside of that like you don't really think about you think like you can sum the episode up with like two sentences like you just go yeah uh, Ultron is now uh, inside Vision's body and he is now hungry for every single multiverse and that's pretty much the entire episode like that's really all you need to know there wasn't really like you know, there wasn't any like character development or any much story beats. There was all the stuff with um, Natasha and uh, and Hawkeye and stuff, and that was okay. And I did, I did, it, I did like most of it, but it wasn't like amazing. But it was still, it was still really good. Um, I, I really liked how they pulled off the the Armin Zola thing because that's a little bit of a deep cut. Mm-hmm. into the mcu i mean it's, it definitely had some screen time but at the same time that's something that most people completely forgot about uh so it was kind of cool to see them extend on that lore of him being inside a, a multiple computers apparently 
and then uploading him into uh, an Ultron drone was also very cool. Um, and I like the concept. I just really think that the second episode is going to be where it's at. Like, it set everything up perfectly for the second episode to just knock it out of the park. Yeah, and it's interesting, too. It was cool how to see how quickly he took out Thanos. Like, just, like, in a second, you're like, oh, well, if he... Oh, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> you're just like, oh, okay. Um, but uh, I thought it did a good job for, like, it's a good thing for, like, the average person to watch. Again, it, we're going to this multiverse sub with Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and uh, uh, and other movies that we'll talk about in a second. And so I felt like it did a good job of doing, like, a physical representation to, like, kind of give you an idea of, like, what this multiverse is, what it would kind of feel like to understand. It's just, like, another one of those things I'm glad it, I'm glad they're adding in this little stuff like this to where they're kind of explaining it as best as you can to make the, make the most sense. So that way when these movies, you know, with, especially with Spider-Man, when things start ramping up and get really crazy... The whole audience isn't like half like confused. Like mostly everybody will be able to kind of understand what's happening, and hopefully it mostly makes sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was kind of cool seeing the fighting and him fighting the Watcher and like different dimensions and stuff. Cause like Watcher, like we ain't got involved. He like really got involved, and just to see the resolve of that. Um, as we know, the last episode of this season, uh, Gamora's a focus. So I'm curious to how that's gonna fit into everything and yeah i'm really curious how this uh finale is gonna wrap up and then i'm still not sure we still know when season two's coming out right we know it exists we know there's gonna be no nine episodes yeah i don't think there's a uh a date attached to that all right so we'll, we'll have we'll have to see uh but yeah really curious the the how it's gonna go it's kind of cool to see this version of ultron uh just kicking all kinds of butt. Like, he just, like, all of a sudden, he's like, I'm going to show up and destroy everybody. Like, he's, like, can't be stopped. I'm like, damn, like, he's powerful. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, last episode's coming out this week, so I'm really curious. Tomorrow, as a matter of fact. Uh, or no, what's today? Monday? No, Wednesday. Two. comes out Wednesday. So we're good. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm getting myself all confused. I'm thinking about Alan Wake coming out tomorrow and live games coming out tomorrow. Is this recording? So, uh, but let's hop into it. Uh, the big movie of the week, we gotta talk about it. The sequel to Venom called Venom Let There Be Carnage. And there was Carnage saying, we need Carnage. And uh, <laughs> Cletus Cassidy was like, Carnage. And I was like, yep, Carnage. We're, we're having some Carnage. Uh, before we talk about the big scene at the end, which may be the, like, to some people, the only thing that mattered of this entire movie, but let's get to the actual movie stuff. We're gonna spoil the heck out of this thing, because, you know, I mean, that end credit sequence got spoiled kind of early, apparently, anyway, but luckily I was able to see it and not know it, and the reaction was very interesting to theater. Um, let's talk about Venom Let There Be Carnage. Uh, what'd you think of this movie? Uh, you know, it's, it's a Sony movie. <laughs> I, it's, it's good, I guess. Like, it really walks the line for me. Um, it really kind of harkens back to the Spider-Man movies where it's, it's very campy, but I'm not entirely sure how intentional the campiness is here. It's, there's a lot of corny lines. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of like hamming it up 
uh, eating, uh, chewing the scenery, uh, a lot of that stuff going on, and a lot of the problem that every single thing that's not DC or Marvel like actually made has, where they just like there's like no logic to what happens. There's no explanations. They just like do whatever they think fits the the narrative that they're trying to tell and it just happens like it's so all over the place with what it tries to do in a way mm-hmm. and I, I and for the most part i let most of that stuff slide it's kind of annoying but it's not the best they could they could do a lot better you can definitely tell like if you were an alien and i like showed you all of the marvel movies and showed you venom and said this is a marvel movie you'd be like no it's not that is definitely not a a marvel movie because it is not of that caliber it is it's off there's something off about the venom movies Mm -hmm. uh compared to marvel stuff and it, it yeah it feels like a movie straight out of the early 2000s yeah, it, but that's not horrible. It's not a horrible thing. It's kind of nostalgic at this point, even though that was uh, that was twenty years ago. But still, yeah. I mean, did you like it? Like compared to the first movie, did you like it more? Did you like it less, or about the same? It's it's very close to me because I really feel like it keeps the moment, it keeps the feeling of the first one like a lot. Like I really feel like it doesn't feel that much different from what the first one did. Mm-hmm. It has like all pretty much all the flaws that the first one had, uh, as well as the success, uh, of it. I do like what complaints about venom is the PG 13 rating. It's mm. really dumb. It really holds it back. There are multiple scenes in this one where it was like, yeah, they really had to restrain themselves to do this and they had to shoot it in certain ways and it's very obvious to avoid an R rating. Uh in the first in the first one, I almost feel like that one was you get more of a sense that that one was possibly filmed as an R movie and they had they just edited around it. Mm-hmm. For this one you know that they went in with the intention of making a PG thirteen movie. And it was also weird like seeing kids there even though it's a PG-13 movie, like, it just doesn't seem like a kid movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which I've seen kids at, like, Deadpool and stuff. That actually, even though Deadpool is, like, crazier, I actually see can see how a kid would like that more. But, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's, the whole thing with the PG-13 rating, it just kind of gets under my skin, and I hope that there aren't too many movies like I'm hoping like blade and stuff doesn't try to fit itself in a pg-13 box as well uh when it needs to for the rest of the marvel movies but that's that's definitely one of my major problems with the movie is the pg-13 rating but even if it had an r rating it would still like it's so like campy but like i said i can get past that the main problem with it that i had trouble getting past was just the story structure um they it for some reason i think suspiciously for some reason the movie is exactly an hour and a half yeah uh, 
<laughs> and it moves like it just goes i i really think they made cuts just to make it an hour and a half for some reason even though plenty of movies have been successful that are an hour and a half they really want to make that movie an hour and a half and i i do feel like it goes to an extent but i feel like they the problem is that they kind of waste uh carnage they spend way too much time on establishing everything i think everything gets established probably right around the halfway mark when he becomes carnage maybe a little bit after that uh and then carnage gets to hang out a little bit and do some stuff and then there's a the final fight scene and then it ends you don't you don't really feel like there's enough of him in it as mm. carnage though uh you don't get a sense for it um one of the, the the main thing is just him as a murderer uh like even outside of being carnage like because of the pg-13 rating the him killing his parents are animated like that just seemed out of place like you know he's a serial killer and you never really see him kill mm-hmm. as a person and all of the kills that he does do when he's carnage for the most part are either off screen or like cartoonish mm-hmm. um where it's you know it's just like him throwing a car and you just go oh yeah that person's probably dead uh so yeah i mean it's just it's just really hammered down by the pg-13 rating and the pacing could have been better with well they could have like done better with carnage in that respect because i feel like they kind of build up to something that they ended kind of quickly um and it also is kind of disappointing to see them kill carnage but you know i don't i i feel like they could write him back in but i highly doubt it and if they did it would be really weird um there's just so much weird stuff in the movie like that i had a problem with too on top of that just like okay he dates the carnage dates a woman mm-hmm. or cletus cassidy i should say and this woman that he's known since childhood just happens to have these screaming powers which also just happens to be one of the two weaknesses that carnage has like come on <laughs> like what is this it's creating like a dynamic or i mean i don't know if they ever date in the comics or anything but like yeah it's just interesting it's like oh oh an obvious like there's gonna be tension there yeah just just things like that things like there and there's just weird moments where it's like it's like the movie doesn't want you to think about it but it's there and like in your face like carnage abandons eddie and then he goes like person hopping and every single person that he hops to he kills because they can't withstand being carnage like those people are dead like according to the logic of the first movie those people died oh you mean venom Uh, is that what you mean yeah 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 did i say carnage i mean venom like he was hopping from person Mm -hmm. to person and then the whole thing with like all it took was like a a bite and he became carnage which yeah that's a little wonky 
it's there's a lot of weird stuff um like another thing is like how carnage is or how venom is always looks like venom and always talks like uh tom hardy no matter what body he's in Mm -hmm. uh except for when he's in the woman then he becomes female venom why who knows don't think (laughs) about it it's just there's just a bunch of weird stuff like that is it is i don't it's like this weird mentality that certain studios have had like the marvel movies in the 2000s and stuff where you they just go oh a comic movie it's gonna be comic-y and that's exactly what this movie is uh but it's not that's not necessarily a bad thing but it's definitely not anything that takes itself seriously and it's something that you have to not think about any of the stuff that happens in it Yeah, I see where it's, it's, um, yeah, that was, like, some of my problems. I mean, I think I'd like, I don't know, because, I, I mean, I didn't love the first one. I thought it was okay. I think I'd like this one a bit more for some reason. Yeah, I, I will say with that, like, I give, when comparing the two that I didn't mention, I give this one the edge, I think. It's been a while since I've seen the last one, but I think this mm-hmm. one's slightly better. And that's mostly, I mostly give that to Carnage because the villain in the last one was just so weak. Yeah, um, and it's interesting too because, like, again, like I've heard, which is weird to say because, again, at the same time, I've heard it's like if you didn't like the first one, you're not gonna like this one either because they doubled down on that Eddie Venom relationship, that kind of goofy relationship. They like doubled down on it, so it's like you didn't like, you're not gonna like this one. But, um, and it's weird too because, like, it's like you know, like Venom goes to a rave. And it's mm-hmm. weird sort of coming out scene. It was interesting. And I remember when that image started surfacing on the internet, everybody's like, oh, no. <laughs> but, but but anyway, it's but it's like I've gotten to accept it. Like, I'm kind of now okay with the, the Eddie Brock Venom relationship. Like, I kind of am fine with it now after a while. It is interesting. I heard some people were saying, like, they thought Tom Hardy was worse in this movie, like, as an actor than the first one. I mean, it's hard for me to remember, but I thought it was fine. Uh, yeah, the whole, that's the problem I have, too, with the Woody Harrelson thing. Like, I liked, I liked the potential there, because they did spend a lot of time building up his character a bit, but they didn't spend enough time building him in Carnage, and there was those moments where they were bickering with each other that I thought I really liked. But I wish I had more of that. It was it was not clear to me their relationship compared to Venom and Eddie. Like it seemed like they got they just got along immediately enough to where Cletus like like how did Carnage's personality develop? Him and Carnage like immediately worked together to get him out of prison with like no discussion or anything like that. And then later on, they're like Carnage is like yelling at him, and so like I wanted more of that. And the stuff with uh, eh, stuff with Shriek was fine, and then they kind of set up with the cop, uh, who like becomes like another villain character later on too. And I was like, and especially considering the end credit sequence, I'm like, I don't know like what the point of setting that up was or how that's gonna work. <laughs> um, but uh, and like you know the fighting and stuff was okay. It's um, yeah, the whole thing with like Venom visiting the different bodies and all that was also interesting but again too like in the trailer there's that scene where like venom's like oh crap it's a red one but yeah like, you don't I know thought... what the hell that means exactly they never explain it 
I thought <laughs> that we're, we're gonna get some explanation, but we didn't. So we still didn't know like what that again. So like even Venom couldn't explain to us what the heck Carnage actually was. And and the 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 weird thing too, and this goes with me saying that there's not like much logic to it mm-hmm. is it and you almost, you get the feeling which i haven't actually looked but i'm mm-hmm. pretty sure there were like five different people that wrote this movie the way it's it, mm-hmm. it, it comes out but it feels like they're hinting at the beginning when he not the beginning but towards the beginning when he fights eddie that the reason that he's red is because he got his powers through his blood because you see like the symbiote like it's red from mm-hmm. his blood like on his finger mm-hmm. uh and then he says that line about it being the red one and that about being a red one and you're like okay well i guess that's some kind of significance and not related to the blood if it has something to do with there are certain red ones that exist prior to that one right because they're so like species know. and stuff like that too it's like their own species so i guess they're made that way originally I guess because they're from that one home world or whatever, so I guess you have to assume that home world has other red ones also. And then it's like, well, how many uh, different colors do you have? You know, it's like different colors of the rainbow. It's like, is that what they do with like each Venom movie? You gotta have another symbiote, different color though. And it's like, okay, you know, yeah, it, it just like stuff like that. Um. I mean, part of me hopes that maybe there's a potential Carnage could come back, especially what the future might seem to hold, and, like, he gets, like, another, like, decent shot would be nice to get, like, more character growth in that sense. That would be nice, but, um, but, like, here's the like they tried really hard to leave no doubt that he's dead. Yeah, uh, that's true. That's true. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, I mean, I, I like I I mean I had fun watching, it, but again, yeah, it's so different compared to all the other movies. Uh, that's kind of hard to say, but I mean, hey, financially it's doing pretty daggone good from what I've heard. So, so we'll keep making them. So yeah, so who cares uh, if you people don't like it? You went to see it. <laughs> you had to. You had to know. Um. But yeah, so uh, but let's get let's get to the big the big thing, the one that's the thing that people say like, oh, this is this is the only real significant thing that happens in this movie, which is this end credit sequence, right? So we have the thing where uh, they leave because, which I did appreciate that they carried over from the first movie of them being like, oh, now they know about us and now they're kind of after us now, still effects from the first movie, so we gotta get out of here. I was like, okay, that's that's fine or whatever. Right, and then they're chilling in this on the beach somewhere. Then they're in this really crappy hotel room, and they're sitting there. Yeah, which didn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then here's the, you but, could definitely tell that they did not consider the ending. Like it was almost like two different teams. Yeah, they were just like we're writing the the post credit scene for yeah. Venom. Yeah, and you guys can just do whatever the hell you want to do. Right, and it's weird the way they did it, though, too, because they took the time to finally explain a little bit more of Venom's character of, like, in the comics, be like, oh, yeah, I'm from this place. I've seen so much stuff that, like, your brain couldn't be able to process all the things I've seen. And then they kind of set that up, right? But then they, you know, they use it to as, like, a trick to mess with you. 
but still, I was like, well, dang, I would have liked to see it a little bit at first before you yeah, pull the switcheroo. I, I really don't like that trickeroo. Also, bugged me. I was like, what's the point? Yeah. Like, why did you set that up? Uh -huh. like, that's that doesn't make any sense unless you're trying to like create doubt in the mind of the viewer that that it's not him, even though he clearly says that this wasn't me. I didn't do this. Right, yeah, so that was a little bit, like, unnecessary, because he could put off the Definitely. same effect or whatever. But yeah, but then the thing starts to change, he's like, blah, 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 it wasn't me, and then you're like, you're sitting there, what the heck, and then, like, he was watching Soaps are on his TV, but the whole room's different, he's like, what the hell's going on? And then you hear a very familiar voice talking, and then you hear J. Joan Jameson, and you're like, wait a second, I know that voice. Oh, they're actually doing it. They're crazy enough to actually do it. After years and years of speculation, they actually pulled the trigger on it. And then you see Tom Holland's Spider-Man on the screen. And Venom's like, ooh, licky licky. And then uh, that's, that's the end. So, now let's talk about five hours about the effects of what this could possibly mean. <laughs> of the, of the I definitely Venom. could. So, is he part of MCU technically now? What does this mean for Morbius? Does that mean Morbius... Like, we thought Morbius might be in Venom's universe, but it could possibly be that Morbius was part of the MCU universe, or he's in another universe. How is he going to be brought into the same way? Because we know Michael Keaton's in that universe technically, too. So how does it relate to Morbius? What's what's going on here? Where are they doing? Is he going to shove a new way home? Is it going to be, like, uh, like just a quick cameo scene or not? Is it going to stay in his universe? Is it going to double back? What the heck's going on? Well, there's, there's a shot of him... Of, uh... Tom Hardy walking around with a a production cap for uh, No Way Home, so mm -hmm. he should be in it in some capacity, I would imagine. But to what extent, it's hard to tell. I would imagine it's brief. There's already so much going on in that movie. Yeah, I mean, remember the last time we had of him in the Spider-Man 3 movie and how that turned out. So I feel like they might be a little bit more careful this time. We're already getting a lot of eggs in this one basket. That's that's the only, you know, that's the risk that you're going to take with this, especially with all this multiverse stuff and Spider-Man Doctor Strange, is that we're going to be tumbling a lot, you know, when you try to put too many eggs in one basket in a movie, it usually doesn't work out as well as you originally intended, so... I, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to be like a, just like a cameo. It's either going to be like a cameo at the end of the movie, I feel like, or there's going to be some sort of hint for the future, but Venom's not going to play a role if he is in this it movie. It would be, it'd be very interesting what I think they could do. And so, so the thing that... Okay, multiple things about this scene. So for these theories that I'm going to dive into so I can get to what popped into my head when you said if he right. shows up at the end or not yeah and also too so, we should, before you get go to it's important to know too that like on the tv it seems to be he gets like teleports dimensions or multi-universes i guess like right again right where spider-man 2 left off right before no way home begins that's interesting to know too yeah yeah there so a lot of things like so yeah, it's during that. It's obvious to to note that they know that he's Spider-Man still. So if it was a uh, from that spell, it didn't work because apparently everyone knows that he's a Peter Parker Spider-Man. Or something that 
happened before that spell, and if it wasn't that spell, and there was something else that happened before Doctor Strange activates that spell, I, what I is doubt it? that. It's got to be the spell. Especially, like, I'd have to go back and watch it, mm -hmm. but I really feel like, you know, you get that flash of light, and you get, like, a sound effect, mm -hmm. and I think that sound effect is, like, the same sound effect that happens when uh, in the trailer when Doctor Strange does the spell. Okay, so you think it's all the same light and it's like around the same time. Well, I, I definitely think that it was that spell. The spell might have taken them back in time to that moment when it happened because that was what the spell was trying to change. So it might have like might be some time travel in there. Um, potentially um, but I would say it was because of that spell but I, I, I think also with that so you know we kind of speculate with the title that of No Way Home that that Spider-Man going into a different world and not being able to come back mm -hmm. but it seems like that's not the case it seems like everyone's coming into his world and that was part of like the argument or not argument but part of what people were wondering um with no way with the no way home trailer is is he in a new multiverse did he create a new multiverse did he go to another multiverse or is everything coming into this the existing mcu uh, and from what I could tell from the end of uh, Venom, it seems like everyone's just coming into the MCU's universe as a result of that spell. Um, so that's interesting um, to note. And I want to say that this would be awesome. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I want to say that at the end, like the post credit scene, you'll see like this say they get everything resolved right and they're like well, we're, we're returning everyone and uh like all, all the worlds start to go back to normal or something which i don't know if it will because you still have to think of about the multi for the multiverse of madness movie so i don't right. know that was the but, intention right that was like there was like it was like wandavision the spider-man doctor strange it was supposed to be kind of like this three-part sort of thing Oh yeah, it was supposed to be right. WandaVision, Multiverse of Madness, Spider-Man. And now it's WandaVision, right. Spider-Man, Multiverse of Madness right. yeah. for some reason. So I, I wonder how connected they re those really are if they can switch up the order like that. Mm. Um, but I want to say, I hope that the end credit scene for No Way Home is Venom grabbing spider-man and pulling him into his uh dimension as he's like getting pulled away mm. i think that'd be pretty cool that would be what i think sony wants they want him mm -hmm. in his their universe mm -hmm. that puts him there that puts everything where they want it and it puts marvel where they have everything that they own in the same universe i think that's the conclude I think that's something like that's going to happen where Spider-Man's going to end up in the Sony universe. I I I can't I you know what that I think that's a solid theory because you got to think about this too. What it all comes down to is not what the fans want. 
uh, in theory, to some people. To Sony, unlike Marvel and Feige, he's more of what the fans want. I think Sony themselves are kind of, like, not as much of that philosophy. They'll wing it. Granted, we had, you know, we have had good, a few good Spider-Man movies. We had Into the Spider-Verse, which was a big surprise. Uh, you know, for a Sony Spider-Man movie, it was, you know, way too good for a Sony Spider-Man movie. But, <laughs> yes. to be honest. So, uh, but, again, it's all about the contract, right? You need to extend under Spider-Man contract a little bit, but that deal's kind of coming to an end again. Are they going to either make another deal with Marvel, or they're going to be like, yeah, we're going to take Spider-Man now, like you said, to Sony Universe, and then we're just going to keep him there. Like, we don't need to re-sign with Marvel again. We have Spider-Man now, he's established, people like him, and we're good to go. Why do we need to sign another contract with Marvel again? I think what will end up happening is they, they'll pull him into the Sony Universe, use it as a test run, and that entire time they'll be like, arguing back and forth between Sony and Marvel over trying to get him back to the Marvel universe. And if that movie doesn't do very well, then Sony might be more willing to bring him back. Uh, and maybe if it does really well too, maybe Marvel will be more tempted to lay down some more money to get the character back. But who knows how deep they have to uh, get into their pockets to be able to, get spider-man back from sony yeah they may have to buy them yeah exactly they're gonna have to get into deep pockets and give sony a bunch of money uh to uh keep him around and yeah and again it's like marvel could be like you know what we had our fun with spider-man but we got all these other new characters we don't really need them going forward we had a little fun run we don't need a deeper pockets for that which is it's to me that's like a very that's a thing that's exactly what marvel would do like, to be honest, I feel like that's a like, very Marvel move to make. Uh, but, and then again, too, you said depend on how well the, but I think, like, again, I mean, look how well the Venom movie's doing, the second one. For just the Venom yeah. movie that's a sequel to, like, a not super well-received first movie that did make up tons of money. And if they have Spider-Man in there, why would you say it wouldn't do well? You know? It's... That's the thing. I mean, again, I guess Morbius is going to be interesting to see how much money that makes. That's kind of still a new thing. But, yeah, it, it, that's the thing. But, but the, I thing think... with, the thing with Sony, though, is you're you're also talking about a company that's had to reboot Spider-Man twice on their own. Yeah. Well, reboot once on their own, two different series. And, you know, they did that because they weren't happy with the way like uh, amazing spider-man 2 went you know um so once it gets into their own hands does it end up being back to a venom quality movie which i would imagine it will mm -hmm. because they still haven't proven that they can actually make a good marvel movie that's well uh, a movie that competes with marvel's uh quality of film so i would imagine we'll definitely see a quality loss and that could, like, they might get a good amount of seats sold in the first uh, run of the movie, but uh, they might start to see a dip off after that. We'll see. It depends. You know what I just thought about, though? And I never thought about this until just now, as you were talking. Mm. Is it? I, I, I don't know. This probably is, wouldn't happen. But I'm surprised, I guess, I feel like I haven't 
heard discussions of this myself, but is it possible for somehow them to, like, Nah, I think it probably wouldn't happen, but, like, the possibility of somehow them setting up another Spider-Man and somehow making a deal with Marvel to keep, like, one version of a Spider-Man in MCU and then, like, them taking Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Yeah, so. I've definitely thought about that. Um, I mean, it's it's feasible. I mean, they'd have to make a special deal for it because technically Sony's... I'm pretty sure owns the movie rights to Miles too. Mm -hmm. Like anything Spider-Man related, I'm pretty sure yeah, yeah, Miles would fall under that. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I think it would be like something like, okay, we'll give you Spider-Man for eight billion, but we'll give you Miles for four billion or something like that. Um, that could maybe be the case. I could possibly see that. Because, it, cause, you know, Spider-Man, again, into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man itself, even without Doctor Strange, it's always been, like, especially then to the Spider-Verse movie, has done so well. Like, the audiences are now used to, like, multiple Spider-Man and stuff. You could be like, hey, they're not, like, in the same universe uh, anymore or whatever, but, you know, there's two different kinds of Spider-Man. If you don't like one so much, here's another Spider-Man or whatever, but... Again, like I, mean, you said, I, I really think that would make it would make a lot of sense, and it would be very cool and kind of a cool twist on uh, Miles's origin story if they did it correctly, where instead of Spider-Man dying um, at the beginning, it's Spider-Man getting dropped into another uh, universe, and he ends up filling that gap because of it. Mm-hmm. Well, who the heck knows? I mean, it's it's crazy, though. But the fact that, like, did you... I mean, I know there was speculation for a while that may or may not be connected. Did you, like... Did you actually think they were going to pull the trigger on it? Did you actually, like, expect them to actually go with it? I... I did, I guess. Um, eventually. Like, I never did... I thought it was never going to happen um, until the like contract negotiations stuff started happening where they pulled out of um, making another Spider-Man movie. But then I was like, well, maybe Sony has like uh, more say than I thought. I mean, I knew they had a decent amount of say, but it, I didn't know like to the extent of how the contract went. I thought maybe Disney had got a little bit more of a grip on the character than they apparently had so i was i realized then that they were more they more had to bend to sony's will than i thought they would have mm -hmm. and uh then there were like certain talks about like i heard some people say some people like for sony saying like if we if we can get venom into the mcu we will or something like that and i was like okay, well, I, I, it's probably going to happen eventually then. Um, I mean, and then, I mean, yeah, I started hearing rumors, and I was like, I guess. Yeah, it's well, it's weird, right? Because I thought the whole point was for them to make this Venom movie was the point was is that they couldn't use Spider-Man on his own because they were sharing him, and they wanted, like, somebody, and, the, and then the Venom was, like, experiment to be like, can we make a movie without Spider-Man? Because we can't really use him on our own at the, this moment. And then it worked, 
So then it's like, well, we don't need Spider-Man to do this well. So then it seems almost contradictory in that way to, like, go back. And it's like, even though it's still clearly doing well for them, they're like, bah, but we still want... And you're right. I think Sony does have a lot more say than people realize. I mean, people were joking on the internet, too, you know? The Twitter's memeing and joking about them, like, oh, Sony made that scene and didn't even tell Kevin Feige about it. <laughs> and it's like, well, technically they could have. They technically could have and not tell him about it. I'm sure they did, though. I'm sure Feige knew it was going to happen. But, but you know, as much of a mean joke that is, it's like, yeah, that's true. They do have the power. They could have done that and just, like, Feige would be like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do with this? But I think, they, you know, there's not that strained a relationship that they would pull. Like, that'd be, like, a shitty move to pull on somebody, you know? I don't think even Yeah, I mean, that. they could do it, but I also think they might... There might be a court case if they did that. Mm -hmm. There, there definitely be some ruffled feathers. Yeah, they uh, don't. But yeah, yeah, like they want, they don't want to strain that relationship. Just like you said, just in case down the road they decide to do their own stuff, it's not working as well, and they want to come work with Marvel again. They don't want to destroy that relationship. But uh, it's it's gonna be interesting to see. Who knows where we're gonna see Venom next? Spider-Man, nothing, something else. I don't know. We got No Way Home, and then Morbius in between is gonna be very interesting. Because that's in between uh, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. So I'm really curious to see what that's yep. going to play in things. January yeah. 22nd, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it's going to be really curious to see where all this goes. But it's happening. We're in that world now. It's official. Venom is hopping into the giant pot here. Uh, and we're curious to see where it goes from here. I mean, and that's, that's saying something, too. Because I think for the most part, even people that didn't like the movie... We're still hopeful about Tom Hardy's Venom, like, coming into the CMU. It seems like for... I mean, I've heard of one or two oh, people... yeah, everyone wants Venom. Yeah, so they're like... With this version, Venom in particular, people still seem to be okay with it, of him being part of this, so... Uh, it's gonna I be mean, I can't even imagine how good the Venom movies would be if they had Marvel's direct involvement. So I hope that... I know that you know they still have to stay true to what Sony set up, but I think he will have a good portrayal in No Way Home if he's in it. Like they'll do the character justice for sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so, well, we I knew I knew we knew we have a long talk about this. So uh, let's move on to just like. Uh, another we each saw another movie. Uh, Ex thirteen. What movie did you see? I saw the Many Saints of Newark. Which is and that's and I believe that's so that's a prequel movie to the Sopranos show and yes. it stars uh um what's his doodle son that plays a young version of him. I got Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta. You got Michael Gandolfini. Oh yeah. You got. John Barenthal. Mm -hmm. Got Vera Farmiga. Mm -hmm. Joey Diaz. Mm -hmm. Billy Magnuson. Uh, Alessandro Nevia. It, there's a huge cast. It's a good cast a for that of kind of movie. Feet. Yes. So. Um, yeah. How, so how was it? Did it live up to the Sopranos legacy? Well, see, this is this is the interesting thing. This is the surprise twist. I don't think you you saw coming. 
Um, so I kind of did this as a test of the movie because I've never seen The Sopranos. Mm. Uh, so I want to see how good of a movie it is if you haven't seen The Sopranos. If it's yeah, if it's like uh, standalone enough, mm-hmm. and for the most part, I would say that it is. I definitely felt like while I was watching it that there were parts where I was like, "This is probably this probably has something to do with something," and I have no idea. But not anything huge. Is there definitely? It definitely felt like there are nudges though. Like wink, wink. This is gonna lead to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't really take you out of the story or anything, or you're not completely lost. It, obviously, it's a prequel, so it should be a, you know a pretty easy job of getting that accomplished. Uh, and you know, I, I I did really though feel like had I'd seen The Sopranos, it would have been like a bigger payoff and stuff. I really got the feeling, and this is just a guess because I haven't seen The Sopranos, but I got the feeling that a lot of what was shown was stuff that was talked about in the series, but you never saw it, mm-hmm. and it was just you like seeing it, um, like stuff that might have just been like one line in the show mm-hmm. uh, that happened, and now you're actually seeing what happened. Um, it was it was good though. Um, it was kind of weird because it just felt like it felt like like what I said where it was like different things that they talked about throughout the the show and it was just in like showing things like it it, it was just like a bunch of events that happened kind of like it felt more like that than a, like a story like there weren't like a whole lot of cause and effect it was more like here's this, here's when this happened, now here's when this happened, and now here's when this happened. Like, it, it really just felt like a series of events and not like a... not like a typical movie where it's kind of got a flow. Because there's a lot of switching back and forth between the... I guess I would consider him the main character. Um which I honestly don't even know the... To- oh, he's like the uncle of the main character from The Sopranos. Oh, like yeah. Oh, gosh, what's his name? I can't remember his name, but he's a good character. Uh, yeah. I can't remember his name either. Um, But he is pretty much the main character from what I can tell. Uh, it goes back and forth between him and tony soprano but he has the most amount of screen time and uh yeah his his stuff is pretty interesting um but there's not really like i don't know there's there's not a whole lot of it kind of breaks it up when you switch back to tony because it feels like something important happened but then like nothing happens that you really see from those events i don't know it's a little weird like that it's hard to explain exactly what the problem i had with that was but it wasn't that big of a deal um and then like the tony soprano stuff just seems like like 
he he he's a he's a bad kid. Here's some of the bad stuff that he did, but he's also a genius. Um, so it, it, it that felt kind of a little dry to me. It felt like something that they felt obligated to show because it's a based off the Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was okay overall. I'm sure I would have liked it a lot more if I've seen the Sopranos. So how but how how was uh, Michael Gandolfini? What was that? How's Michael Gandolfini like as like an actor and stuff like that? Uh, you know, he was he was good. He, it's it's probably more impressive if I had seen The Sopranos, <laughs> but but he was good in it. He definitely came off as like a. like an outcast or whatever but still involved with like a gang and stuff so it kind of fit and he had a few dramatic scenes i guess but really he's not in it like a whole lot like not a ton um mm. tony soprano is played by a different actor up until maybe 40 minutes into the movie Oh, wow, really? Yeah, because it starts out with Tony Soprano being, like, five. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I'll have to check it out then. I mean, the reviews for it have been good, not, like, great, but, like, good enough. And I'm curious to check it out. Like I said, I watched a show recently, like, a couple years ago. But, again, like, even with long TV shows that I enjoy, sometimes it's hard to remember... Especially show that that's that many seasons. Like, certain characters and stuff stick out in certain moments, you remember. But sometimes it's hard to keep track of everything. Um, I mean, that, and to go with that, like, that's always my problem with Mafia films. Is that it seems like it gets really convoluted. There's a lot of characters. It's hard to keep track of everything. And that's the thing I would applaud this for the most, actually, was... I felt like I knew what was going on. I felt like I had like a good grasp. I felt like I pretty much knew the characters um, and got a good understanding of them. Where for me, I know this isn't like most people, but for me, like I get lost in a lot of mafia movies. Like they just have some of the like, you know, it's, it seems like it's always plots like, well, we can't serve alcohol during like prohibition. And we're trying to get the alcohol, but the uh, the Italians on the other side of the street, like they're controlling it now, and those Italians are like getting it from the uh, the the French, and the French are like doing it. Like it just seems like it's just a bunch of plot threads that you really have to follow to fully understand what's going on. And Saints of New York is not that, which I was glad. So it's it is one of my favorite mafia films because. It's, simpler than what i remember the other ones being that i've seen i mean that's that says something you know if you've never seen like the original content or show you still like it like had a good time watching it and stuff that's saying something you know that that's i think that's a sign of a good sort of movie like that like if you need a prequel movie or something like that it needs to be going on its own 
without necessarily seeing the other stuff. I mean, you always will get more out of it, but if something's connected to something else or it's a spinoff, it needs to be enjoyable on its own with subtle references to the other stuff, but it's not, like, hanging on that thread. And I think a lot of movies suffer from doing that. Um, so that's good to hear. I'm, I'm curious. I, I'll have to... Hopefully this weekend I'll be able to check it out. Yeah, it's on HBO Max, so if anyone wants to watch it, yeah, you can see in the theater. Again, too, it's crazy how, like, something like this, you know, that was, like, based on TV show, they decided, like, oh, we're going to make, like, this a big production movie movie out of it. And it's kind of crazy. When I first heard it, I was like, wow, it's going to be in the theater? I mean, I knew Sopranos was a big show, but, you know, it's kind of crazy. Um, for the one film I saw, I saw a movie. This is in the theater. It's not streaming right now, but it's made by the director that made Raw uh, a few years back, which, when that came out, was, like, a hot controversial movie had to do i can't remember had to do with like girl that went to school and they were all like cannibals or something weird like that and like they were like eating like each other and weird stuff like that weird kind of crazy nuts movie became a thing off of that um and then the director's coming out with this new movie uh doesn't have as big of a a light around it. People aren't like talking about it like they talked about Raw, but I would say in terms like of craziness and stuff, it's probably right up there with it. Um, this movie, and I, I'm gonna give away one plot thread of this movie because I have to. It's one of those things that once you see it, you have to. You can't just not talk about it. Uh, but it's it's one of several plot threads because basically it's about two main characters, and they're each having. Uh, their own interesting stuff in life going on and they basically end up meeting up together and just kind of like one one has to do with a character that's kind of missing his son who's been gone a while and another one has to do with this character who's she's just kind of um mentally kind of crazy or whatever but forms kind of like a bond with this other person and things like that but it's very character heavy film and it, even though it gets really weird and wonky, it's one of those things where I still, like, it's not one of those where it's like, whoa, like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I still kind of was able to keep up with what's going on and still understand, like, the character arcs and stuff was there. So I think it's definitely worth a watch. But just to let y'all know what kind of movie this is, because this is gonna, and this is towards the beginning, too. This is towards, like, the first act of the movie. So th this is a thing that, like, carries on. And again, this is, there's another part to this character that I d won't give away that's, I think, more, I don't want to say it's more of a surprise, it's not, but it's it's one thing, again, that the trailers don't tell you uh, a lot. The trailers don't tell you a lot. So, one of the main, the main personality trait of this character, I won't give away, but I will give away something that happens to this character that's part of a plot, and uh, just... And I, 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 I would like you. You should go see this movie because, because when I tell you this, you might think it kind of is like okay, but it's okay. Well, let me get it. okay. So there's uh, one of the plot points of this movie is there's a scene where uh, the main woman character um, has sex with a car, and then the car gets her pregnant. I'm in. Yeah, I knew it. I knew you'd be it. And the best part is, is even though there's all these other plots, like, again, there's another bigger story plot than that for her, but this also goes with that plot. The weird part is, is that that's the one thing that doesn't ever get explained in this movie. 
because the car literally in the scene just out of nowhere comes alive and has sex with this girl and like she gets pregnant with its kid and it never gets explained why the car is alive and how it happened in the first one. It never gets explained. It's just something that happens and then her pregnancy is something she has to deal with while also dealing with uh, other things she does to other people um, and uh, her interactions with this other lead character. It's like a, it's like a thing that's happening while all this stuff is happening. So it's like almost like this pregnancy is like a, you know, is used as a tool to kind of push the plot further along. But why a car? I mean, it, it never gets explained. But that's just what happens in this movie. So I'll let you figure out the rest. But the other stuff of her character is very interesting too, uh, because some of it. Doesn't necessarily get wrapped up, but it well, it, it would get too much money. But this actually, um, there, it is kind of a if it's if if you're into if you're into cars, if you're into sexual content, if you're into like grotesque stuff too, because just like Raw, uh, there's certain moments where uh, people get pretty messed up in this movie, and it's pretty gross and really intense. Yeah, I've um, heard it's. It's a body horror genre. Yeah, it's definitely like it, when you when people get messed up in this movie. It's like there was moments, and again, this is not including the car thing. That you know, this is not including the car stuff. This is I'm talking about like what happens uh, to the characters in this movie. It's like there was a couple times, and it's it's hard to believe that happens in the same movie where the car thing happens. It's the same movie, believe it or not, because you tonally it sounds like it's completely different, but um where i like even in the theater i was like "Ooh, ah like i almost did that out loud like <laughs> at certain moments of how intense it was with like the violence in this movie where i was like oh like i could feel it like in like a oh my gosh like in a comfortable way mm -hmm. but yeah that's that's one of the plot points set up so if that if you think that's too weird for you um yeah like i said i won't ever get explained why or how it happened but otherwise, watch it. I think it is a decent character movie overall. Um, it's not the best movie I've seen in the world, but it's pretty solid. I think I think you would probably like it. Um, uh, just just because I want to talk to you about like the, the other stuff in this movie that happens. But yeah, it's uh if you get if you can get your way past the car scene and just process that happens and accept that she's pregnant with this car's baby. <laughs> then uh, that's you'll the rest you'll be fine with it, it, that's about as crazy as it gets in terms of like anything that's out of this world ordinary otherwise all the other stuff that happens in this world is and that's the weird part because everything else in this movie is people doing crazy stuff but it's so uh like real world problems it's a very real world problems real world issues people are dealing with and then you just have this random outlier in the movie. That's the whole car thing. So there you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was I, I heard about this last week. And uh, I don't know, something about it. Like, I guess body horror and um, maybe like I've seen reviews that say, like, this is like the 
I, I think they said like the most shocking movie of the year. I was like, I, I want to see this. It's, so. Yeah, and what the thing is, is like I enjoyed it and I liked the movie, but I it's not body horror. Like I'm not talking about this. Isn't a hostile or a human centipede body horror? Don't get that mixed up. That's a different kind of body horror. If you're thinking it's more like those movies, then it's it's a different tone. It is a drama character piece movie. It's not. It's not just doing stuff for the sake of... I mean, some of it's, like, shock value, but it's shock value with purpose in terms of just random, like, oh, let's see this person who had get kicked off because he's being tortured. Or, you know, it's... It's, uh... It's, it's intense, but, again, it's, like, it's, all, it's a drama. It's not, like, a weird, like... Even though there's, like, it might be a fetish of certain people, it's, like, not put out that way I don't know it's hard to ex- explain it without describing like giving away the movie you know what I'm saying and the soundtrack's good the, the movie has a good soundtrack they have good uh um like the the score music's not bad but a lot of the like licensed music they got for the movie it's pretty good hmm. mm-hmm. um but yeah so I would recommend that so guys as that being <laughs> The last movie we talked about, uh, I just want to say this too for those who are listening, and just like the Otaku Dream podcast, um, this podcast is also going on hiatus. This is going to be the last movie podcast we do for a while. Um, again, as I mentioned in other podcasts, that like the Mount Plays and Listens just isn't there like it used to be anymore, and I think it's better uh, to wait until after G4 is launched a bit and hopefully bring these podcasts back. I know it, we just, the movie scene's ramping up and all that right now, but again, if not a lot of people are listening to it, there's really no point in kind of doing it. Um, as much fun as I have talking with the camera and EX13 and all that, um, I feel like it's best right now to put that on hold on G4 is kind of off uh, for a bit. Uh, but yeah, hopefully we'll come back someday and uh, pick up where we left off. Like I said, hopefully for the end of the year. Um, worst case scenario, I want to do, like, one podcast of us just at least talking about Spider-Man. Um, even though Eternals is coming out, I'd like to talk about that, too. But if for some reason the show isn't back, but then at least, like, to do, like, a one-off of Spider-Man or something. At least in the meantime. Uh, but again, thanks CX-14 for doing this with me up until this point and joining me here it's been fun so far talk all these movies and shows and theories and stuff like that and uh it's uh i'm thanks for uh hanging in there with me and hopefully uh we'll pick this up uh, again down the road yep yep uh in the meantime guys uh enjoy go seeing the movies in the theater there are a lot big ones coming out this year and especially next year as well uh, make sure you check your movies out on the streaming services. Again, there's Hulu, there's Netflix, there's Amazon, there's HBO Max. I think there's that old Apple Plus. There's Prime. There's all kinds of stuff out there, all kinds of movies to keep an eye out on. And uh, have fun watching everything. And then uh, we'll see you guys on the next one.